knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget for all your kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, what is up? Everybody, welcome back to another edition of uh, Chasing the Tide, uh, your saltwater connection on the Pal and Finn Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dustin. Tonight, tonight we're going to get down and dirty with uh, two anglers from uh, Virginia Commonwealth over there on the eastern seaboard. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of my favorite fish to target, talk about speckled trout. Um, you know, this year in Texas, we had a little setback with that freeze. We had a major freeze back in February, so... Um, you know, I kind of did not target them for a while. I kind of kind of gave all the crap to the redfish <laughs> and kind of went bass fishing and stuff here and there. And, uh, you know, starting to come into the fall transition right now, I'm starting to see a little bit of stuff I like and, and, and a little rebound on the fish. I know we have a late spawn right now going on, and uh, I have saw a lot of good things lately. So, you know, looking up, I'm looking a little optimistic, you know, I did catch some fish after the freeze, but they they were kind of strewn about in in places you wouldn't normally catch them. It's kind of weird uh, for a couple months there, but um, been starting to put some stuff together the past few weeks, and, and I'm I'm excited about that. But enough about that right now. We're gonna uh, bring bring our guests on tonight. Um, I'm gonna bring uh, Thomas Licht in first. Uh, let me <laughs> we'll bring him on in and let him introduce uh, himself and uh, tell us a little bit of what's going on, man. Uh, tell all the viewers a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, uh, what got you into this uh, fishing thing and uh, into this uh, the plastic boat there. 
Well, born and raised in the area where I live now is only a scop, uh, just a shoot, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes from where I, I really grew up on the water and got into fishing. Uh, my dad was the one that really got me into it. None of my family hunts were all fishermen. Um, so he was the one that really instilled it in me. And shoot, man, just recently, the last last few years, I've really, really dedicated myself and put myself all in in it. Yeah, strictly from a kayak? Um. Well, so the family, family all had boats. I, yeah. uh, I was brought up on boats. Um, not too far away from me now, uh, Matthews area. So if you're familiar with the mob jack, that's where we did most of our fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were more geared towards trolling for striper, um, mm-hmm. live bait for striper and cobia fishing. And that was kind of my bread and butter growing up. Um, and like I said, kind of got out of it. Um, moved to the city for a little while. Wasn't in the area that when I graduated high school um, and decided that city really wasn't for me. It kind of settled back in this area. And it took me until three or four years ago before I really got back into it, like I said. And I just started out, me and my buddy Michael, um, who you might follow, Michael McCarger, He's, uh, his handles the Pitmaster Mike, but we, uh, we had two little plastic, you know, Walmart brand kayaks that we used to go out in and, um, really got into it. You know, that sit in kayak, shove the, shove the tackle box underneath yep. and kind of, you know, have a rod sticking out. Everything's in the way, everything's a jumble, but decided that this was the route that we wanted to go. And that's when we got serious about it. So he was the first one to go all in. He got a Hobie PA and um, I got a vibe. I decided that I, I thought paddle would be my thing. Um, I have a little bit of a knee knee issue and I wasn't sure if that was really my mode. So I got into paddling and that's what I've been doing, man. So I have a, I have a vibe now, vibe Seaghost 130, but actually in the market for a new one. Now that one's about, about at the end of its road so i've actually been actively shopping so yeah that's next on the to-do list there you go hey vibe if y'all are guys from vibe y'all listening y'all uh i want to try to get this guy in a boat went over there crushing him (laughs) virginia (laughs) y'all need somebody up there uh how'd you feel about paddling the jackson we need some some people over that way you know i've been i i've I've been eyeballing (laughs) really i have and i'm not opposed to i'm not opposed to pedal either it's um it definitely has its advantages because you know, I can't, I can't move and fish at the same time. So. Yep. yep. It definitely yep. I'm all, help. I'm all ears on Jackson, man. There you so, go. Yeah. All right. Well, cool deal, man. Well, we're going to get, uh, we'll get into depth on some stuff here coming up, but I want to go ahead and bring our other guest on tonight. We got Medell Madrano. Um, and we're going to bring him on right now. Introduce him to everybody. What's going on? Hey, what's up dudes? How are y'all doing? What up, what up? Doing good, doing good. And uh, yeah, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, uh, the area you, you're, you're from there, and uh, what got you this addiction? Uh, I'm, in, I'm out of Virginia Beach. So okay. what, what are we, like two hours away from each other, TL? Yeah, hour and a half, two hours. Went up and fished with TL a couple of times, or once actually. Uh, 
um, and he came down and fished with us. But uh, I, I got a, I, I listened in on, on your intro, and um, I got an opposite story. My dad, I mean, we didn't go fishing, so we, when we did go fishing, it was strictly for food, and we did it with a cast net, you know. But mm-hmm. um, my my son got me into it, so he's watching YouTube and uh, you know some of the bass stuff and some of the saltwater stuff, and he said. Like five years old, he was like, I want to fish. It's like, all right, cool. So got him a cast net, started there. Then he'd catch some fish, look at them in a bucket, and then we'd let him go. And then he wanted to uh, learn how to fish with uh, with a, uh, a fishing rod, hook and line. So I, I really didn't know anything about it. Not a thing. I mean, it just wasn't our... I mean, I surfed, you know, all growing up. So I was around the water all the time. Just fishing wasn't my thing, so... My wife took him out a couple of times first because she grew up on uh, the intercoastal waterway in Panama City. And, you know, they had some little bit of luck here and there. And, and then it was my turn. It was like, all right, I've done it a couple of times. Now it's your turn. You got to take him out. So double drop a rig off of the pier with fish bites. And we roll up on spot and tiny little specks, toss them back. Um but eventually he got into the artificial. He wanted to throw artificial. So he's the one that started this whole thing. That's and cool. <laughs> that's when I got the taste for it. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so I've been fishing about three and a half years, including the time that I didn't know crap about what, what I was doing. And, you know, I'm still learning a lot now, obviously. But uh, learning that's how I get into it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the kayak thing came later, just to kind of expand oh, your yeah. your range, and 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 then yeah. once once that all happened, it's just all down there for down here. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were actually on a pier on a little boat launch, uh, public boat launch casting, and an old buddy of mine, Jay, you know, uh, Jay Burness, Yakfish Seven Five Seven. I don't think he's active right now, but uh, on IG. But he rolled up on his big rig of a PA with everything you, you could see. I mean, everything you could want on that thing. And and he talked me into getting my first kayak. So I went up to a great outdoor provision company probably a few months later and bought a compass and all she wrote, dude. And that that right there, a kayak. If you're learning how to fish, or if you're you know, very proficient at it already. Yeah. That'll get you to a whole new level. It'll get you where you need to be and quietly and sneak around, get in the get in the skinny water. Yeah, kayak will always be my thing for sure. That that is such a big it's an advantage over a boat. You're you know, you're not you're not blowing them out with the with your big motor coming in and I just see it see it all too much over here, especially with all the flats and and uh you know stuff we have over here. It's just like they, you know, they shut down right on top of where you should be fishing. You know, it's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> and it teaches you patience. Yes, it, it definitely it teaches you patience, and it it makes you observe more. It makes you pick up on things a lot a lot easier. Yeah, you're you're, I mean we do a lot of wade fishing over here that you can get out and wade the reefs and wade all the flats and the, you know, different areas. And we're lucky to have a lot of water like that. We're able to do that, but still being on that kayak and and you're not crunching the shell on the bottom. You're not stirring up all the silt. 
you know, with the current pushing through all that silt and fish got to be, you know, like, man, what's going on? There's something going on over there and they get all skittish or whatever. But all the noise on the on the reefs when you're walking along and all that, that 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 doesn't help you sneak up on them big fish. And those nah, big fish nah. didn't get big for for not being smart. Yeah, they're not dumb. They're not dumb at all, especially trail. Yeah. Not dumb. Um, so you know, all this started out. You know, I, I'm I'm I got a similar you know story to Thomas. You know, that that I, you know, I started fishing at a young age too in coastal Georgia, southeast Georgia is where I was born and raised there. And uh, I didn't make it over to Texas until '96 after I'd done you know been on a world tour or whatever you want to call it in the military and all that mess. Uh, but like, like you, Medell, I, I grew up surfing. I grew up surfing the ESA, a lot of contests in the Southeast region. Um, nice. Avid skateboarder, BMX rider, freestyler, all that. I was into everything that I had to do with boards and bikes and motorcycles and snowboards. I was all in. <laughs> still am. I still kind of dabble. Um, I'll be 50 in December and I'm trying to, trying to stay young, basically. <laughs> So that's about the only way I can, I guess, uh, you know, working shift work and, uh, you know, sitting, watching a computer screen all night and all that kind of weighs on you, you know, health wise, uh, eating, going to the snack machine and all that. So I've had to really buckle down and, and, and get back on track, you know, to stay, stay in decent shape. And I'm glad that I'm able to been able to do all that, you know, too, but you know, it does help. I mean, I went into it on a on a on an episode with with Luke Prentice, who's the guy that had the little the program I was in on with him, the kayak beast fitness deal, and uh, you know it just it makes a difference on the water, um, being able to reach around and and grab stuff and turn around when they were fighting the fish. I mean, just like we were talking before yeah. the stuff, and it's like, you know, if rod builders are out there listening, and if you need guys to test blanks for you, put them in the kayak fisherman's hands. We're gonna put them rods through so much more mess than than anybody else does. Just from the angles we have to fight the fish, and we're that close to the water, the angles when we're having to whip them around and follow them around the boat, and and get when they go underneath, and you're going around the bow, and just I mean, put some stress on them rods. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, but you know, got a little off subject right there, but you know, just being that close to the action that's the whole deal you know we're talking about how we get into that kayak and that was my mom was wanting to expand my range from wade fishing you know because i didn't want to buy a boat you know i've had all my friends have boats and it's just bust out another thousand that's the that's the acronym right there that what it stands for <laughs> there's always something going wrong with them yeah um but i mean y'all you know obviously when you get into a kayak and then you actually just you see the stuff that you wouldn't normally see you know like you sneak into you come through like a cut into like a back lake and you're just in there just cruising and then there's just tails everywhere and it's like a boat couldn't have fit through that ditch i just went through yeah you know i went through something that was about two foot three foot wide you know barely got in there with the grass and spiders all over you <laughs> and, and uh you know there's just no way to you know a boat could have got in there and seen that you know and you get in there and there's freaking tails everywhere it's freaking amazing <laughs> but uh you know starting out you know y'all y'all got in the kayaks but what what kicked off the uh 
the addiction of chasing these uh these big trout you know what, what you know it, like i said and i kind of outlined questions here and i said what makes us go so stupid over these <laughs> mythical beasts <laughs> so. at midway usa we know the ar-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern american history known for its modularity and widespread use it's often considered essential to any gun collection the essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. TL, let me get your thoughts yeah. on that, you know. Yeah, so um, that's that's a funny, kind of a funny story. So like I mentioned, my buddy Michael, uh, it was his his birthday weekend it was about i guess it was like three years ago now and my family has a little j j14 carolina skiff they call it cool runnings like from the movie <laughs> nice. yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. it's all it's all decked out reggae yeah um so i took him out and we went to this flat that was productive for me and my cousins um just small red, small trout. And when we went, we were just throwing bass assassin, um, which I don't even, I hardly touch a soft plastic anymore. It's kind of sad, but we were throwing bass assassins on popping corks and we were rattling off it all cookie cutter, 12 inch to 14 inch trout. And just one after another, we probably caught a hundred, hundred fish easy that afternoon. And there was one fish that he ended up catching nothing crazy 17 18 inch trout but it was the biggest one that we had each personally seen at that point and that kind of just that fish and how it acted and what that fish brought to the table compared to everything else that we had caught that day it, it kind of turned us on to like okay i i need to know more about this and i i need to i need to to kind of concentrate more on what exactly this is. And that's kind of where it started. Um, and on Instagram, I'd already followed a couple people um, and Facebook just kind of, kind of had my eyes on a couple people. And Charlie church was the one that really like, was like, this is the guy he knows what he's doing. He knows, he knows what's up. So I actually, reached out to him and was like, what's up with these big trout? Um, and he's probably a, a lot of us joke. He's kind of our sensei, so to speak. He's like the godfather of the big trout that really all of us looked up to back then. Um, and he, the trout community is, is very hush. I'm sure it is in a lot of areas, but it's almost as a cult following where I yeah. am. You don't ask and you don't tell. So he kind of gave me the outliers of that. And, you know, I didn't quite understand it then, but the more that I've done it now, you, you don't, you don't share spots. You don't share your spots. You don't take pictures of your spots. Um, if you, if you really know what, for lack of a proper term, or lack of a proper word, what's good for you. So, 
um, yeah, he, he kind of saw that, um, that I wanted to learn. So, you know, just talking to him, bouncing, bouncing ideas off of him. And the first one that really turned me on and I said, okay, this is it. This is the fish. Um, was a 26 and a half that I caught my first citation. So Charlie explained that to you, 24 inches is a citation, 24 and over. And my first citation was a 26 and a half and it blew me away. And at that point I was done. It's like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that, that's it. And yeah, since then, just, I've been all in, absolutely all in. Yeah. I'm all about it. Sweet. All right, Medill, you answer that one for me too. You know, what, you know, right. just, well, so well, uh, before you um, do that though, I know why you fish at night now, so we can't see where you're fishing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a benefit for sure. That is a benefit of fishing at night for sure. Definitely. Or if you can figure so got, out where, where I'm at by my, the grass you can see in the background, which is going to be tough to figure out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I got my first kayak, uh, the Hobie Compass that I, I mentioned earlier, and uh, I think it was November, October, November in 2018. And the first trip I took on it was with a couple of my bros. Jay took me out along with a couple other people. And 2018 was kind of, a, I guess, a transition year. There was a freeze the year before. So we were out there catching a ton, I mean, a ton of small trout, just like just like you, Thomas, um, you'd mentioned, you know, 12 to 15 inch trout. I mean, there was an unlimited supply of those. And I thought, wow, this is so much fun. In an hour, I caught more, more fish than I did in, I don't know, over a month of, a month or two of bass fishing, you know, because that's, that's kind of where we started uh, fishing with artificials, me and son. And I was like, man, this is insane. I mean, literally, I probably got 50 fish my second or third time out. I, I just sat back and was just like, and just watched everybody else catch. And I was like, man, you know, this was a blast, but I feel like I need more. Um, then we started catching a striper and, and had fun with that as well. But it wasn't until 2019. It was September 2019, and I'd gone through the summer, the spring, and the summer, catching trout and reds and striper and flounder. Um, I wasn't even I wasn't even looking for, for for trout at this point. I mean, people were talking about fang fever and this and that. I was like, oh, what's the big deal? You know, 12, 15 inches. Didn't know they got bigger. And I caught just out of nowhere. I hooked up on something. I thought it was a striper because that's what I was catching earlier that day and pulled the thing up, netted it, brought it in and just was absolutely floored. I mean, it was a 26 and a quarter inch trap. I didn't even know they got that big to be quite honest with you at that moment. That's what hooked me. I was like, there's got to be more of these things out there. And that is what I'm going after. And just like you, T, I talked to Charlie as well, right around, probably right around that time. Well, probably a few months after that, because that's when we started fishing in another spot where we were catching 
um, a ton of 18 to 23s. And we started, I started talking to Charlie, trying to get, you know, trying to learn, all right, what am I doing? How do I get that 26 again? Mm -hmm. But that was, that was the moment. I was like, as soon as I got that, I mean, it was my first citation ever. And I, <laughs> I registered it because all my guys were like, you got to register that thing. I was like, I don't even know what that means. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> Give me the details. Yeah, but it was done. Absolutely done after that. Yeah, I know y'all, you know, the hush hush of it, you know, like almost like the cult following, like you said, Tom. TL, is that, y'all, you want me to call you TL? Tom Thomas. That, that's so the only. What would thing, you rather rather? What do you actually go by? Um, either Thomas, Thomas or Thomas or TL. Thomas TL. Ten yeah. on that. My yeah. dad was Tom, so I haven't quite taken that yet. Taken that yet? All right. Yeah. Right um, but yeah, like the 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 cult following or the hush hush and don't ask, don't tell. But like, I feel like you know, in a circle of friends, you will talk. You know. Like mm -hmm. I got, I got a few key people that I'll call and say, Hey, you know, they're in different areas and fishing different bases. I'm like, Hey, this is what they're doing over here. What are they doing over there? I, you know, Hey, come up fish with me. And then I'll come down there and fish with you and kind of, you know, kind of see what they're doing and kind of figure them out. And, and, you know, sometimes you'll go out and actually put your two heads together and actually really get on them, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, that that's cool. But I'm not just going to go blab anybody about stuff i mean you can like i said if you can figure out by that little them little patches of grass you can see in the background more power to you yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm not putting land i'm not putting landmarks in mine by uh -uh. no yeah i mean there's a lot of people that hunt and fish the internet you know what i mean that's yeah. that's oh, not, yeah. i don't think that's to you i don't this is definitely not me yeah yeah i take a lot more pride and satisfaction into finding my own spots anyway so Anytime we do talk to friends, we're talking, all right, what are the patterns you're seeing? Yeah, the patterns, yeah. Um, you know, things of that nature, much more so than spots. Like than spots, exactly. Spots. You, yeah. you could go give somebody a spot, but, you know, the conditions are going to be different. The tide's going to be different. Yeah, Wind, direction, barometer, temperature, all mm -hmm. that good stuff. Yeah. Bait, presence, all that stuff going to play into effect. Water quality, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I'll... I, I get into this all the time on this thing. These YouTube guys that just fish for followers and likes and they just go and they burn spots. They give away launch points. They give away, uh, you know, GPS tracks and all this other yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and and they're charging people a service on this Patreon thing. And they're like, you know, <laughs> are you really doing them a service by just giving them them spots and them GPS marks and everything? No. They need to be learning yeah you know more about conditions and like i said you know how the wind direction how the tide affects it how the you know the water quality the the tidal movement you know even if it's wind driven or tidal you know there, there's all there's so much stuff to just process yeah. and figure out and, and, and time on the water is going to do that for that's sure. exactly what i was going to say i mean and if you're going out there and spending the time, putting the time and effort into it, yep. and you're not paying attention, not learning from it, I mean, you're you're missing the whole thing. Yeah, because it's going to be different every single time you go out there. Yep, and and you got to try different things until you key in on exactly how they want to see it. And yep. that's right. We're we're going right into what I was kind of wanted to go over next, which is talk about the learning curves, you know, and just things you have figured out by time on the water. 
um, to aid in staying on fish and kind of dissecting everything. So, I mean, that's right where the direction we're going was what we were talking about right there is that, you know, you had your head's got to be on a swivel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and they're doing different things all the time. <laughs> but they're always you, eating. Yeah, they're eating. <laughs> they're eating a lot. Especially that one. I <laughs> God Almighty, I don't know. She 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 had eggs though too. They're 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 on their 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 last spawn of the year over here. And uh, as I had I had kept kept a couple smaller ones the week before. Um, had a couple of ones that were hooked a little too deep. You know, they weren't going to make it. I tried and they didn't make it, so I had had to take a few home. Unfortunately, I've been that's that was, I think I've only caught kept two trout all year. Um, you know, but uh they they had some row in them and they were uh, you know getting ready for this uh last spawn of the year here. It looks like we're gonna have a hopefully a pretty good uh fall on into the winter. I'm liking what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things are looking up down there. For sure. Tia, what you got on the, the the learning curve there? You know, um, I know you agreed to time on the water. I, I know that how you feel about that too. Yeah, time on the water. So it's going to be a little a little difficult for me. I was thinking about this earlier today and really trying to trying to pinpoint things that I see. But really, so my my attack every day for the most part, unless I really know an area and know where I'm going is typically search and destroy. If I can help it, I'm going deep to shallow and pretty much just, just with a fine tooth and comb, really trying to figure out what's going on. But in areas that, that I know that's really just going to be picking up on, on bait activity and, wind and tide um and it's still something that i'm learning every trip that i go out like just recently i went on a trip that the tide and the wind was going the same direction bait was moving off of a flat and the fish were staged up in a little swallow as the bait was going overhead they were just tucked in this it no no more than six, six inches to a foot depth change that they were all clinging to. The wind direction switched 180 tide wind was going against itself. And that bait had either pushed directly up against the bank or went deep. And that's where the fish were. So it's just picking up on those minute things. Um, And like I said, I'm still learning. I'm still not the best at knowing when I get to a flat, this is what I need to do. But Hopefully I can pick up on what I need to do quickly once I get there. And that's like we said, head on the swivel, paying attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just, know. just knowing what to look for and yeah. it's or being patient enough to know that I just need to wait it out until yeah. this is supposed to happen. Until they turn on. Yeah, yeah. There's times you'll see it and you'll say, Man, the bait in the area is here, the fish are here, they're just not eating right now. I said, mm-hmm. something's gonna change and they're gonna click. And you know they're they're opportunistic feeders. I mean, every you you hear that on basically every podcast that you ever would listen to about speckled trout and just the way you know they're ferocious. I mean, they they gorge when they turn on, and they're mm-hmm. they're going to sit and ambush stuff, and they're going to kill it. And 
I find a lot of those bigger fish pile up in, in wolf packs. You know, a lot of times if you catch one, there's going to be a couple more roaming right there. Um, you know, we get some single, single bigger fish that might hang on the back end of redfish schools at times. And I've picked some good ones off of the backside of schools of redfish on the flats. And, but a lot of times I'm, you know, it's, it's a wolf pack of fish, you know, three, four, five of them just rotting everything inside <laughs> when you get on them like that sometimes. Uh, you know, it's, oh, I think things are just a different animal. Yeah. Just, yeah. Some of the stuff they do, man, it's just like we were talking beforehand about, you know, how the bigger ones will, will just, they'll just run straight at you, you know. They uh, have no no regards for kayaks or you or anything else or tackle. I mean, <laughs> I've got a you know a eight one to one, and you're reeling as fast as you can, trying to keep up with it, and it still burns right by you. And, yeah. and you know, gill flares shaking violently, and just flicks your you know paddle tail, jig head, top water, corky, double D, flicks it right out. You know. They definitely an animal <laughs> beast beast cool deal man hey uh you know being you know on the east coast over there and, and y'all are on the upper range of the fish you know y'all have a little more um fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Temperature swing over there in the winter, a little, little colder climate. Um, and being conservation minded, you know, with Dave Flad and, you know, the release over 20 initiative and he did mm -hmm. all that. And everybody's kind of the East Coast is definitely taking a hold of that a lot, a lot better than over here in Texas. Um, you can see that in the numbers. Um, I just I don't know. If it's just. Uh, not knowing about it or just not wanting to be involved in it or something, I don't I, I don't have the answer for that, but. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that over there? Um, conservation wise, uh, do y'all see it helping so far? Uh, I think a lot of people really taking hold of it. I mean, these are, these are the guys that are out there really looking for speckled trail, you know, yeah. and they want to conserve this, the, the fishery as much as, as TL and I do and, yep. and the rest of the crew. But, um, I don't know. I think it was, to be quite honest with you, I think it became a cool thing to do. And then they learned more about why they should continue doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, we promote the heck out of this thing. I put yeah. them on billboards in, yes. in our area, and they're still up. I mean, they've been up this entire time. So oh, that's awesome. Every time you drive through, you can still see them up. They had a fresh creative scene, but uh, yeah, I mean, people have really taken hold of it in this area. And you'll see some people on there, you know, promoting their fish that they release, and you're like, man, that dude would not have done that, you know, a few months ago. Right, T.L.? 
Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yep. There's no way, but you know, whatever it takes, you know, to, to help the cause for sure, as I believe in it. Um, I am not, you know, I'm not persecuting anyone that, that keeps them. Of course not. It's the legal right to. I just like the ones I like to be selective, you know, for people to be selective on what they do take to, to help. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I can, I can see, you know, the data and stuff that Dave collects and what he does and for that program is just awesome. And that's why I was like, I was like, shoot. Yeah, man. I said, this is awesome. I said, I'm down with this. Cause I'm, you know, I love to chase them this time of year. I said, you can pretty much count me out of anything from now until March. I'm chasing big trout. I'm chasing trout, trying to chase big trout. Yeah. Um, that first citation I got 26 and a quarter. I mean, I literally looked at this thing and I was a keeper at that point. I was like, there's no way I can keep this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yep. it it got this big. I'm going to let it keep getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. For sure. They're they're just, like I said, they're myth- mythical beasts. <laughs> yeah. And things just, oh, man. I, just, oh. I don't know, man. I, I can't, I can't. It, even hardly bring myself to bring meat home anymore. It's just after, after the appreciation that I've gotten just over like, yeah, the chase and finally like striving for that mark and hitting that mark. It, it makes it so much more difficult for me to feel okay. Like bleeding out a fish and throwing it in the cooler. I rarely bring, I rarely bring fish home anymore. Um, You know, if, like, let's say the girlfriend's dad wants fish. Like, I'll go out of my way and and try and try and make something happen. But I'm bringing home a red if I can help it. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And it shoot. I I've probably made three trips this year just to bring something home to the table. Besides that, man, I just I, I appreciate I appreciate the fishery too much. I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, if I'm gonna go out and catch fish, it's either I'm gonna be I'm gonna go run down the school of reds and pull a couple out, or I'm gonna go soak some fish bites and get to some black drum. You know, there's plenty of them around too. So, so you know, I'm go catch a couple of drum bring them home pan fry them do whatever blacken them put them on the half shell fish tacos whatever we like fish so if my wife or you know in-laws you know hey you know bring some fish you know i'll i'll take a few home but you know like this year after the freeze i've really been really reluctant to do that you know the only times i've brought fish home was when they were just just not going to make it you know that's the only time i normally don't even have a stringer or anything and then our redfish events over here are, are, are live weigh-ins usually. So we have a live well that we we put on the kayaks with uh, recirculation and oxygen. So we keep the fish alive, you know, and they're released after the events. And, and you know, the trout events we fished earlier in the year before the freeze, um, you know, it was the same thing. It was a live weigh-in and we fished, uh, you know, four of us on kayaks against, you know, boat teams and everything, which is pretty cool. Uh that was a pretty good one. Um, you know, before the freeze, I want to say in January, leading up before the freeze, I there was just some days that were just downright amazing. Um, 
fish wise and and to go from that to seeing how it was after the freeze you know it definitely made you you know be like there's no way i can keep honestly keep trout at all <laughs> this year you know so i just i appreciate the fish way too much because I, I mean just gr growing up as a young kid you know fishing that east coast and seven foot tide swings over there in georgia you know yeah, I couldn't imagine that. just <laughs> crazy tide swings and and slip floats with big pin number nines and 109s and you're throwing with like 50 pound digron you got to put line dressing on the line so it floats and then get caught on the reefs and i was like i'm not doing this and i was like hard-headed with a lightning rod and a little dial of mag force or a bantam 10 sg and i'd go out there with stingray grubs and start catching them on artificials and i'd make my uncle and all them mad and uh they'd be like doesn't catch you fish on them artificials they dang little bass fishermen because i just got tired of throwing him big old dang freaking corks man i was like i gotta do something else and then i started talking taking crankbaits out there in top waters and and kind of and, and figuring it out you know on the artificials as a young kid which was cool so and that's what i was wanting to kind of get into is that uh you know the off-the-wall tactics and stuff that you can entice those fish with is uh you know there's a lot of people that are finally oh my earphones just came undone a lot of people that can see the uh the benefits of those big swim baits and glide baits yeah i don't uh, want to mess with those it's really cool to see them especially in the if the water's clear you can actually see them following and stalking mm -hmm. that glide bait i've had a couple takes that it just like you're like man is that fish gonna eat it is that bam just out of nowhere it just crushes it and uh you know, same thing with jerk baits and uh, big flukes, and uh, even um, big like ribbon tail worms. Believe it or not, <laughs> like stupid stuff you never think. Oh, I'm not gonna get trout on that damn thing. They will eat it. They will eat it up. Y'all, y'all, y'all got in anything like that off the wall stuff? Or uh, you know what? I'm I'm a Marylord 27 guy through and through. I mean, that's pretty much, I may as well tie it on. I use clips on mine, but I mean, I <laughs> might as well, well just have one on every rod, huh? Yeah. Um, and TL got me into uh, the double D's recently, and I can't believe I didn't know about them. You know, I was like, man, these things float up. There's no way they float up. They look exactly like the, the, the 27s, and they are. They're pretty damn identical. Yes, yeah, they're all in there the structurally that's missing. Got to be for it to be floating up the way it does. But Charlie got me into what turned me on and really got me going. Charlie said, Look, I was I was casting in 10, 12 foot of water for these things. You know, that's where I got my first citation was out of 12 feet of water. And uh, he said, You should give give the shallows a, a try. And after that it was lights off. You know, I mean it was yeah. that was it um figure that out and i would use i used to weigh i used to put lead tape on the 27s because oh man they're not sinking far enough quick enough for me it's it's way too slow and now it's like man these 27s sink too fast now yeah, yeah. i'm in one to three feet of water casting right yeah. into one to two three feet of water over oysters and um, that's what that that dd excels in that situation perfect. right there perfect yeah. and the soft dine the soft dine excels too you yeah. know, the soft dines and 
I like to move it fast anyway, so it wasn't yeah. that big a deal. But if the, the bite is a little tentative, I'll move it a little slower, real little slower, and it would get hung up in these oysters. But that double D made a huge difference. That's oh, yeah. that's that was a game changer for me for yeah. sure. Um, what else weirdo I've been into? <laughs> the uh, I've been messing with uh, specifically for for trout. I was a hard bait guy through mm-hmm. and through. Um, when I first started, of course, I was throwing the uh, um, eye strike uh, with uh, little three inch, three and a half inch minnows, and that was my thing. Um, but recently, I've been messing with heavier, heavier uh, uh, eye strike jig heads. I actually brought one out here. Um, this is a striper eye. It's a half ounce yeah. striper eye with a five inch minnows diesel minnows and man i've been getting some hard smacks on this thing and lost a huge trout probably my pb to date you know had i landed it but uh i've been messing around with bigger profile soft plastics this thing right here seven inch um jerk shads yep oh yeah uh, the texas xl on the texas texas li texas xl Yep, take it it's been amazing. I haven't got any good trout on it yet, but you know, striper and the reds are eating it up. Yeah, that thing just darts all over erratically, yeah. and that, usually crush that thing too. Yeah, like and that. that's yeah. that's a half ounce, and yeah. I'm moving it. I'm just moving it real fast over oysters, and I'm probably working like three to or two to four feet of water instead yeah. of one to one to three. Yeah, but yeah, I've been getting some some slams on it. I just haven't been able to convert convert the uh trout on those things so you haven't been uh you haven't gotten the the corky addiction yet um i've got i, I got a citation on a corky in the spring but um i don't know it's just so easy just to it's a good old faithful this is yeah that's my jam <laughs> right there yeah <laughs> always this is always oh. down every single time <laughs> yeah i know tl's got some Probably got Steve on speed dial. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I usually talk to Steve uh, at least once every couple weeks. Um, and yeah, he, I recently talked to him, and he's like, I've been wondering where you were because I hadn't talked to him since <laughs> last last I guess winter when I put a big order in. But yeah, he's fun. He's a lot of fun oh, to yeah. talk to. Um, but I no, I originally. I started out with soft plastics, you know, the, the bass assassin paddle tails, um, and then trout trick. I messed with the trout trick for quite a while. And mostly that was, um, that was on the popping cork when I first started. But when I really started pursuing trout, I was a 17, I was just a mirror Dean guy, um, hardcore and talking to Charlie. He's like, "You, you really should try the 27. You really need to try the 27. So I started the XL, and that's probably today. I'm always going to have that 27 MR tied on. Um, either that or a top water, if I can get away with throwing a top water, because I it, it's it's bittersweet. So I've had more big trout eat a top water than any other lure that I have, but I've had more misses on a top water than any lure that I have. So that's kind of where the, that double D has come into play. Um, and I'm the same way as, as Medell right now, this time of year, I'm burning that thing if I can. And if they're responding, that's how I'm throwing it. 
yeah. I'm, I'm burning it back and throwing in twitches as fast as I can. Um, and then from there kind of negate, all right, I need to throw it slower or this is how they're, this is how they're, you know, they're eating it or just the other day, um, they were nipping at it as I was burning it back. But man, if I was pausing it, they were choking it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just now, just the last. So I think who shared it, the, um, I think it was on Instagram. Someone shared the picture of the, uh, that 808 fat boy that I had thrown. That was the first fish that I had actually tried to catch you know, tried to get a trout on a fat boy. And I'm just starting to kind of mix those in again now because we do still have bluefish. Oh yeah. So that's, tear them up. Yeah. Once, once we them. get, yeah. Once we get into, um, it's a little bit colder. Once we start getting into late October and November, I'll start, start dedicating a lot more time with those, but that's pretty much the mix right there. So right now I'm throwing, 27s, double Ds, top waters, and a corky. If if I'm on a bite, I'll throw a corky. Yeah. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings for just about everything for shooting hunting and the outdoors check out midwayusa.com yeah i'm waiting for that water to cool down just a little more uh go to the corky they're still um kind of starting to transition they'll be after the spawn they'll really be starting to get a couple more good fronts under a belt and they'll start doing their little fall thing a little better uh, but yeah, top top water ride or die right now. <laughs> yeah, and then an eighth ounce jig head with a you know kickback shad on there, five uh, four and a half inch paddle tail, just burning it a lot. Um, but mainly one knocker spooks, man. Yeah, some 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 custom stuff from Coastal Marsh and uh, Salty Plugger. Got some stuff like that, and uh, do a lot of work with those. Just real erratic uh retrieve sometimes and then sometimes you know sometimes they want you know twitch 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 pause twitch twitch pause you know they'll start nipping at it flick 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 and they'll knock it out of the water acting stupid and then that's when i'll put that double d on and the xl and just burn it and pause it and they'll usually just like bam rip the rod out your hand (laughs) you know good stuff uh wake baits at times over shell you know if there's some stuff yeah Real good. The redfish will just absolutely annihilate them. They they can't stand those things. But I've I have I've had uh some good luck on in the marsh uh marshy areas uh with some drains and stuff with some trout around that, that they they come on up and eat that too pretty good. I think uh, you were the one that recommended the six cents wake bait. Yeah. Yeah. I grabbed uh, I grabbed a few of those for reds over the summertime while I was kinda our red bite's been awesome this year. Um so I was playing with those for a while, but yeah, I need to pull a couple of those out and and give it a shot when I'm fishing for trout. Yeah, the, especially those bigger profile, those those the the speed wake. There's actually a jointed one, a second oh, okay. one, a six cent speed wake, uh, that looks really great. 
in the water and uh i've had a couple good fish on it so far this year um i just it just it makes them mad you get more of a reaction strike from that that mm-hmm. rattle and that swagger um those things have so yeah it's definitely definitely good bait i i, I really like those uh what is it the rapala the uh skitter walk v's the big ones yeah, no, I, I they always get a good, good, good look. <laughs> the thirteen. Um, yeah, I got the, the black and gold with the orange on the throat. Oh my yeah. goodness, I've crushed some on that. I need to put new hooks on it. It's about to wore out. This <laughs> gets all scratched. Do you think up. they even care about the color? Because I'm just um, throwing no matter what color they are. At times, I different times of year. I mean, I mean. You don't know if they're colorblind or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can get in depth with it and this and that, and they, the way they see red, the way they see pink or something. But yeah. you know, I know for damn sure there's not no damn pink croaker swimming around. Out there. No. <laughs> but they sure as hell on certain days want that bubble gum pink corky, mm-hmm. and they yeah. will absolutely crush it, or that chartreuse one, depending on the water clarity and all this and that. But you know, I don't know. But it's just. It's, they're weird sometimes. They're just finicky, you know. They they them high pressure days. They might want that 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 clear white with silver flake, you know, or they might want that little bitty that peanut, you know. Don't yeah. sleep on that thing. Don't sleep on that thing. I know. I heard. Don't sleep on yeah. it. That I'm thing will absolutely crush some big fish about. on them high pressure days or them pressured fish. I've caught some good ones on the peanut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And another lure I need to buy. Yeah. Yeah. I fish mostly nights, you know, so I throw that, I throw whatever color I have on the the top water at night and they're, they're there and they're, they're feeding on top. They're smacking it. They're smacking it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other, I fished the other, I fished the morning before my day shift um, the other day and had a couple, you know, couple decent trout and uh then i was throwing whatever i put on they were i mean i called a lot of smaller fish you know like 14 15 inch trout just they were just Dang. popping a fool out of it yeah and it was uh it's actually called a trout spank it's like a it's like a blue moon but with chartreuse and the kind of blue moon colors it's pretty good looking bait and they were they were killing that thing and you're like, man, that's at night too. And it's just like, can they really see and them fish can see, they can feel the vibration, they, they can just feel it, yeah. everything. Yep. Yep. And then if they're gonna commit to something, they're gonna come and get it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um so dirty 30. Anybody got there yet? No. Nah. Trying. Mm-hmm. Not me either. All these years over here, and I was ain't made 29.75. Good for you for getting that far. (laughs) I've had a lot of fish at 28, 28, 28, 27, 27, 27 and a half, 27.75. I got a ton in spring. It was like all you can catch, 24 to 25s. And every once in a while, I'll get a 26, uh, 26 and a quarter. And finally broke. That was my PB for the long from the very beginning. Twenty six and a quarter. Finally broke that. You um, just got one in September, correct? Seven, yeah. Did you take the uh, 
the trout pool for September? No. Did you have the big fish? Somebody. Oh, man. Yeah. So my in, in the trout pool, we don't pinch. We don't pinch yeah. the tail. Um, so left it sitting there, and it was, I mean, literally, I don't know, a 30-second off of the line. So we, you know, I, I submitted it for a 26 and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. But she was 27. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. Sweep that tail a little bit. She's 27 yeah. all day. It wasn't even much. It, literally, yeah. I just didn't want my hands on it. You know? Right. But yeah, I did not take it for sure. And that's how I take try to take my pictures. I'll get them set up on the board and I'll, you know, I'll just lay the tail down and let it lay and get her on there and look. Okay, there she is. I don't yeah. stuff them and sweep them and all that stuff. I like just lay her and get her on there and get her back. That's probably the best thing to do, anyways. Less you handle them, the better they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was I was in a in a rush to take her back in the water. Yeah. Um, not that she fought very long. You know, I scooped her up and I keep her in the net um, in the water. So I've got a real deep net. Yeah. And I put one leg over it and she stays in the in the net while I'm at, you know, and then I'll pull her out, measure her, put her back in, then pull her out and take the picture. Take a quick photo. Yep. Yeah. And get her gone. Yeah. You always get some 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 nighttime shots. Yeah. What are you using for? Do you have a light set up, or, or is that the flash? I got two lights. So two there's lights. one mounted on the um, on the camera rig, which is yeah. you know my cell phone rig. Yeah. And then another one over here to kind of blast the shadows off right. me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it took a while to figure out. To you figure know, that out is a little night. bit of art and science to it. That's one thing I got to figure out. I got the I got the daytime stuff with a with a clamp clampable GoPro and yeah and the ang- it's all about the angles. <laughs> like, yeah. Every everybody has that little grip and kind of hold, and I mean, I like yeah, I want to try to get <laughs> like the water level shots and all that. Like all the look, go look at fly fish. Some of the like serious fly fishermen's go look at some of their photos shot. and look at how the stuff they're doing. And I said, that's what I'm copying right there. I'm getting that shot right there. <laughs> I say it every like, time, yeah. and then you're in it, and you're like, "Oh, let me just go and get another one." You know, yeah. it's like I'm rushing to get it back in the water and yeah. catch more. Especially like for a lot of that stuff, I'll just I'll just shoot video, you know, GoPro, start recording, and then I'll just screen grab some stuff, especially just for social media. But if I'm gonna do one for an article, yeah, or like in a print or something, I'm actually gonna take the time. And a lot of times, if it's a bigger child, I'm not gonna. If I get a good shot, I get a good shot. Great. But a lot of times it's redfish. I'm the one I'm going to hold. They're a little hardier, you know, yeah, especially, sure. you know, in the summer, you know, they're, they're both, but a trout's a lot more delicate, you know, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely get them back in. I but can't yeah. use a GoPro at night though. No, I no. I can't get a good shot out on them. So mm-hmm. I quit using it. Yeah. It's definitely tough to get a, a good shot on the, it, it gets uh, it fuzzy glares, noise. Yeah. You get glare. You get a yeah. lot of noise. Noise. Uh, it, Wash out real, real, yeah. real quick yeah. on those things. So as far as you know, the fishery there in Virginia. I mean, it's it's awesome. From the stats I see from the release over twenty program and everything, and uh, you know the stuff uh, me and Charlie talked about. I was like, man, that uh, you know y'all do have some freezes that affect stuff here and there, but it looks like it bounces back pretty good. Seems like it. Yeah. 
I was I was, I was a little nervous there for a while. Uh, coming out of coming out of spring and into summer, I was definitely getting a little nervous. But I don't know if it's a product of just me over the last year um, and picking up on more, you know, definitely gaining confidence. Or it's just that it bounced back that well that it's definitely – it seems healthy this fall when our yeah. freeze definitely – especially up here where we were um, – Two of the two of the rivers that I fish in the winter time, man, it was sad paddling the rivers and just lined with fish. And I had a buddy, Keith, um, old head, been doing it forever, has some dirty thirties in, in his repertoire. Um, he's been fishing for trout shoot since the seventies. Um but he actually scooped up some twenty eights, twenty nines, thirties that were dead over the winter time mm. that just we were real nervous how it was going to look and it's i still i still think someone's going to nab a 30 in the pool this year mm-hmm. or yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. that's what's going to win it 30 yeah miles. yep what's in the lead right now 27 and three quarters almost yeah three quarters. yep just i think just caught last week dang yeah yep. still a good fish though no, the freeze scared me too, dude. Um, yeah. February, I quit fishing for him. I caught two citations in January. Like, I had this whole goal set out. I was like, I'm going to catch at least one every single month. I was going to chase them up to to where you are, TL, mm-hmm. and then sweep back down. But February kind of threw my whole game off. I was like, man, I, I, I can't do it. You know, I can't go fish for him right now. Yeah. No, Mike, Mike and I both switched gears. We went all out on the striper. So I mean that that was fun in part though. I mean that was definitely fun. I got my first uh first striper over forty five inches. Ooh, nice. yeah. yeah. And that was in the kayak. So that was that was awesome. So I think I think this this year when it's time, we're both gonna push really hard to get that fifty because I think we can do it. Nice. Man, that's gonna yeah. be insane. That's what I'm missing right now. My three, my three um, targeted species: striper, well, trap first, and then striper and reds for sure. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten a uh, striper citation yet. I'll get one That's forty-five inches plus in forty. Uh, is it forty-five? Right. Four. Yep. Yeah, forty-five, forty-six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beast on a kayak. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was it was unreal, and I caught it in like where I got it. Uh, close to deep water, but I caught this fish in. So the day before my whole goal for was to break 30 inches And the day before I got a 32 is the first, first 30 inch rockfish that I got from a kayak. And I went back the very next day and fished the area, um, and caught that fish in less than three feet of water. And it came up head shaking. 45 inch rockfish head shaking like I was blown away and I really didn't know that that was possible where I was that that class of fish was in there and then that's when after I posted it a couple people that knew the striper fishery were like so you stumbled on something that happens and if you catch another one you need to keep it to yourself so yeah yeah. that was that was on that was on dumb luck but yeah we're real excited for it this year yeah real excited for it Straight up, big old fish. I got like me in the spring, and yeah. I was like, "Man, I need, I need that forty-four, you know, forty-five. It is, it is forty-four. 
um, and just couldn't couldn't find it. Yeah, I was that, looking for reds. I was looking for bull reds when I saw for bull reds. Out. Yeah, yeah, I was me and Gulf Shores last year. You know, fishing for a slot fish in the tournament, and I think I caught what was it six fish over thirty inches in one day. The biggest one was I don't know how big it was, but it was easily easily a foot over my board, which was thirty two inches long, and I caught it on a a one point five series square bill on a a Waterloo HP Slam mag with twenty pound braid and twenty pound fluoro leader. Mm-hmm. Like a 45-inch redfish <laughs> on a crankbait. <laughs> With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. That's what the, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that striper that I got was, was on a, a trout medium, medium heavy trout rod. So it's like what I typically throw like a catch five or a top water on. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was it? Uh, Redfish eye and a five inch Z man on it i think it was 30 pounds for real. so yeah definitely definitely targeting a, a smaller class of fish but yeah, yeah for sure cool. man all right well, i'm gonna throw something out there we kind of dabbled on some baits and stuff earlier but i usually like to throw a jab out there and throw do a thing called pick three and uh what we're gonna do is uh Medell, i'll let you go first uh three setups mm. Spin cast, bait cast, whatever. Let us know what it is and then uh, what you got tied on. Is it all going to be 27s on all three rides? Nah. <laughs> I'm messing with Just you. <laughs> um, man, trout. Um, yeah, for big trout. Medium light, seven foot, uh, DC sticks. This is pretty much what comes out with me all the time with the little uh, 2,500, uh, 3,000 mm-hmm. ballistic. Yeah. Um, 20 pound test braid and 20 pound fluoro, and that'll throw this and this. This is the double D I throw now, thanks to you. And so I'll have two setups just like that. And then for top water, I throw the um, Either one of these, whichever they want, the 10, the V10, Rapala V10, uh, the V13, and I'll use a medium moderate. Yeah. Gives it a little bit, you know, more flex in the backbone. Mm-hmm. Easier for me to work, but same kind of deal. Ballistic on that and seven foot, medium moderate rod, same braid, same fluoro. That's go. it. That's my three. Sweet. Well, yeah. I always have a fourth oh, one too, but you got a fourth one too. Yeah, <laughs> all good. That's my soft plastic for yep. reds and striper. There you go. All right, so um, spinning for sure. Spinning. I just got a bait caster, but raised on spinning. Always done spinning. So the bait caster is an interesting learning curve. Um, <laughs> but I I think I'm going to dedicate corpies to that this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but 
so seven foot to seven three, um, medium moderate is what I'm throwing. Uh, nine out of ten times, twenty five hundred to three thousand. Right now, I'm rocking a twenty five hundred Certate. Um, that was just kind of a gift for myself, and I'm in love with that reel right now. That thing is unreal. Um, twenty pound braid. Fluoro can change. Um, I'm rocking 20 right now, wintertime. Sometimes I'll go down um, a little bit, and I'll go up to 30. Um, 30 is more for for the bigger baits just because I've had too many issues with, with throwing off, with having leader break and throwing off lure. So that's kind of more of a, a reassurance thing than anything. 20 pounds is usually what I'm throwing. Um, and yeah, I'd usually start with a 27 and then we'll go double D if I need to. And top water head one knocker all the yeah. way. Yeah. That's my favorite bait, bone and silver. Yeah, I'm throwing a bone right now. It's always tied on. Yep. There there's a different one you can find. Some of them are just bone, but then there's a bone one that you can find that has an orange. Somebody's out. Yeah, that one with that orange throat you can find, and I don't know what. I got one of those. The bone with the orange throat. Orange throat. Yep. Yep. I like that one. And I like the chartreuse and silver, pink and gold, and then the the bone and silver holographic one is the money, money. I had one of those for a while and I lost it. That chrome sided one like the skeleton yeah. pattern on the side yep that's the yeah. one that's the one that's pretty much always tied on my rock one of my on the my hp slam mag 70 20 pound braid straight to a twitch clip twitch fish clip yep Let's pop it out quick if i have to i got some other stuff i'd like to throw it at that uh six inch mag dog uh it's a bigger profile top water and then that speed wake i'll put on there um jerk baits uh i don't know if y'all follow jeff brown mm -hmm. uh don't sense. sleep on his stuff the croaker ones his baby trout ones he's got the 110 baby trout i got a few of them in the mail and i'm looking forward to putting those to use here in the next couple weeks um you know the big swim baits the line through swim baits with the treble hook just slow rolling them over shell works real good lately for me uh but a lot of my plastics in the winter, I've been going to, uh, you know, 16th ounce jig heads, especially when we have our warmer days and they'll come up on the, the tide will fill in over the shell and they'll come up in, you know, two, three foot of water in the water. There's a slight, you know, two to three different temperature change from that sun warming that reef and that water fills in over that reef and that they kind of move up and feed throwing that light jig head on, on just straight fluorocarbon and some of the bigger fish I've caught on, on fluoro I've, I've landed and not had as many fish throw the bait cause you, you get a little more stretch and it absorbs those head shakes a little better than that braid to a, a 15 inch, 20 inch leader. Um, I've noticed some of that going to straight fluorocarbon, which is, like that's what we use bass fishing a lot, you know, unless you're punching a super heavy cover, you know, we're throwing a straight braid, 
but even fishing in like hydrilla and stuff and burning chatterbaits through, um, you know, I use 14 and 17 pound fluoro doing that. And that's what I kind of transitioned to some on my, uh, Waterloo, um, six, nine HP light, uh, with the coastal SVTWs with the straight fluoro with a light jig head, two wall, mm-hmm. smaller, smaller jig head too. Um, smaller, smaller hook with a bigger swim bait. For some reason, they hold on to that bait and, and 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 get it. And I've had a lot less shake off doing that on my soft plastics lately. I've been fishing straight, straight fluoro. It's something different. Uh, you know, you the sensitivity is a little better with that braid for those light bites in the winter. But you know, normally when one of those big ones grabs a hold of it, you know, oh, right? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know for sure you know we got some really cool areas around around where i'm i'm at we got some some rivers they move up into into the deeper drop-offs and channels they use a lot of side scan and all that kind of stuff and then we got some deeper reefs and stuff in some industrial areas that are pretty cool stuff so i mean there's there's just it's fast and i can imagine that's what it's like over there on you know where y'all are fishing that you know the chesapeake and the watershed around there and everything too i, I want to make it over there i'm going to I'm gonna put it on my calendar for next year. Let us know next it, year yeah. in the fall. It, I'm man. on a road trip over there. I got a buddy who lives in VB. Uh, he's in the Navy. Oh, um, dude, yeah, you got a place to uh, stay. Got a place to stay. Uh, come over there and see my buddy Brant, uh, buddy I went to high school with. Uh, he went into the military a year after I went in, and he's still in. He's been in the Navy. I think this is 31st or 32nd year. Yeah uh he you know he moved up to the enlisted ranks and he's uh he's a cwo5 now which is i don't think there's many of them but yeah well when uh, you come good up, dude over there i need to come over there and hit some of the parks and yeah and skate yeah and, you know, but yeah. I, I think i'd rather just bring my kayak and try to get some try to get me a citation <laughs> yeah, he, when i'm over there <laughs> dave is gonna come up sooner or later he's he's been talking about wanting to come up and kayak fish specifically and very specifically at night <laughs> well we might need to uh collaborate with yeah. him on that and we just need to make a a trip out of it and, and and i'll you know get up there looks like the fall would probably be the best time you know it would be next year that might be a good thing this year is kind of whacked out and there's no way i could get over there this year yeah <laughs> i'd have yeah, to have to I'm schedule it season right now schedule it and get ready yeah and, you know everything's the way everything is right now, everything's kind of crazy, uh, you know, manufacturing wise, uh, reels, uh, baits, everything. A lot of stuff is just crazy right now, too. Let's see how everything settles out. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all coming on, man. It's, it's been a we're going over we're over an hour already, just talking about what we love. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure we could go another hour. <laughs> <laughs> might have to might have to continue this at a later date um but yeah getting getting into the end of the show here we'll, we'll try and wrap things up and uh want to uh, give y'all opportunity to uh take the mic and uh thank everybody or thank anybody you'd like to or give some shout outs and stuff so uh tl go ahead and, and uh it's yours bud um yeah dude so really it's just the people that that really instilled this in me and kind of, kind of cheer me on. I think I already said for the most part, um, Mike first and foremost, just because he's like, he's 
just as into it as I am. So he's definitely, he's the only person that are really has 100% transparency as far as what's going out on the water and what I'm seeing, because we, we started this and we're going to finish it together. Um, and then, yeah, Charlie and Keith for, for kind of being that, that guy for me and kind of showing me the way and really taking me under their wings. Um, and shoot, I mean, there's so many people to thank. Um, all the guys in 757, really, dude, Medell, um, Dan, Jay, Kyle. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't want to get too far in it because I know I'm going to forget some people. But yeah, but yeah dude, the Instagram and, and the just this chase and the people that we've met, it's it's been really cool. <laughs> it's been really cool. Word. Right on. Yeah, my first thank you definitely goes to my son and my wife for letting me do this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, typical Friday night, you know, I get home from being awake since five o'clock in the morning, have dinner with them and head out and don't get back till eight o'clock in the morning and then fix breakfast. Dude, I, I go 35 hours, zero sleep. So I appreciate them. That's <laughs> all of that. Dedication, right there. Yeah, it's yeah. an addiction. Um, it's yeah, a very it healthy one, but um, yeah, it's an addiction nonetheless. Um, and same, my my fishing partner is is Dan, and um, Fish DC Sticks. He also sponsors me for for the rods. He does he builds the the custom rods for me. But he's the dude I fish with the most. Full transparency, just like you and Mike. Yeah. On what we do, I mean, we fish together a lot, a lot more than people think. Um. And uh, the crew of our great outdoor provision company for you know, having me on their team and Hobie for, for having me on theirs as well and Salty Crew and iStrike, of course. Uh, but yeah, everybody's support in 757. I mean, what's one big family here? We don't completely share all of our spots, you know, uh, but we definitely talk and, and share patterns and things like that. But uh, yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Definitely share a passion. And we we yeah. definitely we get hyped. We definitely get hyped for one another. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's how there's a there's a core group of us that are, you know, that that really like tune in to the bigger fish during the winter. That's what we like to do. Chase these things and the myth, the legends, the the mythical beasts. <laughs> so yep. you say it. Um, but yeah, we're the same. We, we, you know, we, we hype each other up, you know, we're always building each other up too. And we get a big fish and sharing and, and, you know, just, just all that good stuff, you know, that comes with it. Um, like you said, passion, obsession, <laughs> yeah. it's all of those, you know, it, it's all of those chasing, chasing these fish, these beautiful creatures they are, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, you know, to Chris Bush with speckled truth. Oh yeah, um, you know what he what he's done with everything too, and, and you know getting all the old legends on and all that. You know I'm nowhere near any of uh, the level of some of them guys he's had on there, and I just I'm just in awe when I get to listen to to 
you know, his guests and, and everything. So, you know, big shout out to him, big shout out to Dave Flad for the release over 20 initiative. You know, we're, we're you know, we're building it over here. Uh, I, I'm all in. So, you know, I'm stoked on that and stoked for you guys coming on here, coming on chasing the tide and talking, talking some trout with me. Um, you know, it's good to get uh, like-minded anglers on the show that have the passion the same way I do, same way I feel about these speckled trout. And, uh, yeah, dude. Well, I appreciate stuff, the man. nod. Yeah. I definitely appreciate the nod. It's humbling to know that people are, are looking like that. So this is awesome. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We watching. We watching. Yeah. We watching. <laughs> we watching. It's just, it's, it's, you know, the camaraderie, you know, in kayak fishing and even in, you know, just like, you know, there is – well, they, you know, taboo and stuff to, but you know, that camaraderie is, is shared. So it's all good, man. Yeah, uh, sure. I appreciate what y'all are doing. That's why I want to reach out with y'all and have y'all on the show. Uh, you know, I thank y'all for coming on. Thanks to all the listeners, everybody watching, listening in to, to the podcast here. And, uh, you know, thanks to Waterloo Rods and True Story and Co for being supporters of this podcast. And, uh, you know, Pal and Finn for letting me be part of the family and, uh, be part of that whole network we got all kinds of different shows just like there's not just this saltwater one there's bass fish for noobs there's the outdoor show you know adventures with outdoor woman there's a reel down there's the uh, final cast gear reviews and tournament updates and river bassing i mean hunting you know you name it we got it <laughs> we're like a big conglomerate of podcasts it's pretty insane yeah, so yeah but thanks to all the listeners thanks to the support from everybody out there and uh we'll see y'all next time on chasing the tie out you